Welcome back to ASD, A New Perspective, the podcast show where we help you understand what is going on in the mind of your child. And we do continue to encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee, and in this week's podcast, Dr. Gutstein talks about social skills and social rules, and that something more is needed for our children. You know, when you read it, it seems so blatantly obvious. Yeah. Uh, you're listing up all these rules that I'm thinking. Yeah, isn't that interesting? How stressful. having to do that, and you miss any kind of sense of a flow. What we're trying to teach people, actually, we're working on is the sense of a flow that you have to get a sense of feel. It's a feeling. It's from the, we call the experience management network. It's the experiencing of being with someone, the flowing with someone, not the rules. The rules are, if you have to focus on those rules, as you say, even a neurotypical person would be blown away by that, would be completely paralyzed if they have exhausting. Yeah. And certainly someone with autism, um, you know, is going to be, it's going to make it much, much worse for them. And, prevent them. One of the things that we see with our the children we're successful with is the naturalness, the authenticity, the, the sense of flow in their relationships with others interactions. Even the fact that it's a little messier, that they don't always follow the rules. And um, it, like we do, like we don't always follow the rules. And, and that it doesn't come from that sort of analytic part of the brain, but what's developing is the experience management part of the brain, um, you know. The, the, and the sense of feeling, the sense of being in sync with someone, right? Rather than the, what am I supposed to say now? What am I supposed to do now? It's impossible. You can't conduct any kind of relationship with that analytic procedural part of your brain. Um, but unfortunately, we still see that in almost all of these programs. That's what they're you know they're focused oh, yeah. on. Doing. Um, and whether they call themselves behavioral or not, or you know they are. They're still focusing on that. They're not. You know, they're not trying to specifically um, build the types of male resources needed to function in authentic dynamic environments. Um, and that, you know, so they sort of have a self-fulfilling limitation to them or even harmfulness to them because of that. There's still an implicit assumption that people with autism have to fake it. Or you know um, that if you get if you just get them to behave uh, in a certain way that that's that's a sign of great progress you know progress or, or effectiveness it's based on like the frequency of number of times somebody does something uh, or behave in some way um, but but the concept that you would that the, that the primary role of parents and family is they develop the minds of children to be able to function in real world environments, to be able to reflect and be able to move into the future and to be able to develop knowledge about oneself and to be able to look at different perspectives and to be able to uh, improvise and go with the flow. All those things that are so critical development, those are irrelevant. Those are not even considered, even the, the, the family oriented, programs at all. They have the same outcome measures, unfortunately, as the behavioral programs. They're all locked into that model of if we can just, uh, you know, get them to look a little bit better, then that's all we should expect. That we shouldn't expect any, any changes neurologically. We shouldn't expect that they're going to be moving into a developmental pathway that's different. We shouldn't expect any of the higher level functioning of their mind is going to change. And um, either that sort of left 
unthought of, and some of the intervention programs they don't even think about doing that, and others they you know they they just assume it can't be done. In 1864, surgery was dominated by physicians who didn't believe it needed to wash your hands to do surgery. <laughs> it was dominated by 1874. That was changing. All right. So when did that change? <laughs> right. Um, what day did that change? Right. Uh, so think about it. They didn't. They, they, in fact, they went out of their way to dirty their hands just to prove that these nuts like Lister, you have to change it, had, were stupid. And and that's what they did. So think about how ridiculous that is. All you have to do is wash your hands. I mean, that that wasn't enough, you know. But they wouldn't even do that. And that went on for years. You know, how many hundreds of years did that go on for? Whether it's called RDI or not. You know, as I said, remediation is a remediation. Um, but, you know, the idea that relationships are important, the family relationships, the idea that development, you know, RDI, the developmental model is critical. Um, both of those things in R&D, I use this intervention, is, is not a strange radical program, as some people would say. It is the, it is the accepted mainstream of what is supposed to happen for children with disabilities and children with vulnerabilities to help them you know, to, to develop. So, you know, there are many, but I don't know how, how much it helps you to see that, but there are many programs, uh, many I mean, programs, but there's also a lot of research and a lot of people who would, would definitely support that. I can give you paper after paper after paper about it. Well, just for a long time, you know, I, since the beginning, I've heard of, teaching social stories, memorize the children, memorize the story, here's how this applies. And, you know, a lot of times as a parent, things don't make common sense to you, but the professionals are saying, this is, this is what you're supposed to do. And I really feel for the parents because they really want the best, but they don't, they, it feels like I said, it's blatantly obvious when you read all that, that that is not going to work in the real world because no. Every scenario you walk into is a dynamic scenario where what you memorize may not fit at all. Well, that's right. And, you know, ask parents or ask anybody, you know, how often do you use those rules? How often do you sit there as you're conversing and work with rules? Right. Thinking about what you talked about, you know, the anxiety producing, but if you think about yourself, so going into a situation where you must learn the social rules. So if I'd been invited to the royal wedding, I would have had to learn all the social rules. Well, you anxious. Yeah, those are situations that are good examples of times you have to do that. And you're certainly not going to have free-flowing conversations during those times or relate, you're not going to build a relationship during those times. You're just going to survive them, right? Exactly. And they're not fun because of that. You know, they stop being fun. And, and <laughs> they're like that every day. Can I get through this and not insult everybody, right? Yeah, imagine that's your everyday life. So you talk about social motivation, right? And why there's an absence of a loss of social motivation, even autism. And it's like the more we try to say this is what you're supposed to be doing for social interaction, the more we shouldn't be surprised if people are not motivated to go out there and interact and have relationships, right? The more it becomes an awful chore, right? And um, something that you want to avoid at all costs. Painful burden, really. Right, and the more it's about doing it right and wrong and, and performance, and of course, external reinforcement. And the other thing, of course, the other fantasy is that 
people with autism can't be motivated by intrinsic motivation. They have to have external reforces like pigeons. And I don't know if pigeons have intrinsic motivation. I, I really have no idea or rats. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. I know humans do. I know we're motivated, you know, we're, one of the things that's essential about human beings is we're motivated for growth, we're motivated to, for challenge, we're motivated, you know, um, to continue to develop. Um, curiosity, uh, trying to make sense of things and such. Uh, and we're motivated for relatedness. And thanks for joining us for ASD, A New Perspective, the podcast show where we help you understand what is going on in the mind of your child. And we encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee. See you next time.